With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. The boys are back. And it's time to talk a little bit of West Virginia. But before we do, we have a little friend who is back. You know him. You love him. You chew him. You do him. Blue Chew is back. Promo code armchair for your first month free for up to, I think, six happy pills come. They're chewable. They act super fast. They give you the best erection of your life. It has the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Grant, it's the best. I'm not even kidding. I love it. <laughs> I forgot to cancel it, and now I just keep eating it. And I love it. It's great. Um, yeah. I would highly Empty suggest it if it's something that you actually need. I don't need it, but I'm probably going to keep using it because I'm stupid. So I love it. I fully endorse it. Not even kidding. Full stomach, empty stomach, fast action. Blue Chew is what you need. So if you need a little bit of help getting it up, Blue Chew is the place to go. Again, bluechew.com, promo code armchair for your first month free. It's back, and it's because all you boneheads are just horny little bastards. So get your Blue Chew before it goes away. Uh, Grant, how's your day been? Uh, It's been pretty shitty. So I got a pretty stiff whiskey drink. It it looks – I poured way too much. It looks like it's honestly about three shots. Um, So I might be pretty drunk by the end of this one. How was your day? Yeah, not great. Not great, Bob, as that great uh, gif from Mad Men would say. I have a little Jay Rieger uh, Kansas City whiskey over here as well. I will say don't blue chew and alcohol. Yeah, uh, I think that's frowned upon. Do. Don't do that. But full stomach, go for it. Promo code armchair, first month free. All right, let's get to a Wildcat wrap-up presented by K-State Online. Let's jump into it. Literally right as we were getting ready to record – uh, another commit, Dawson Delforge uh, from Butler Community Commu- or Butler County Community College. Uh, th- this is a big boy. Um, he he's going to be an offensive lineman. My guess is tackle. Six five three fifteen. Wamigo native. Uh, South Florida had offered UTSA. Our friends, the Roadrunners, had offered. Western Kentucky had offered, and our old nemesis, Nebraska, had just started sniffing around. Uh, as of literally yesterday, he actually has an official visit to Nebraska on the 14th. So the fact that we were able to get him committed before he went up to Nebraska, uh, I think that was big. I think they were planning on offering him up at Nebraska. And I think we kind of put our foot down and said, Hey, if you, if you make that visit, 
offers off the table, but he does the cats over those schools. Um, that's a big get. We've talked about it uh, a handful of times. We need to start filling out that offensive yeah. line for next year. Um, how, were you excited when you saw this come through, right, as we were about ready to record? I mean, yeah. We, I, haven't, had, we haven't had time to watch any film, but I, I'm I'm happy. I think this is a good get. Yeah, I mean, like you said, literally, probably within the last half hour, we both learned about this. Um, I saw Taylor Bratt's cat signal tweet, and I had to check it out. So uh, at this point, it's like any offensive line commit is going to be a good thing. Uh, we do need to fill that class out, I think. Um, I, I And I, at this point... I have full trust in Connor Riley and Chris Chris Kleiman's judgment of talent, especially in the offensive line. So, you know, 5.42 star, that doesn't look great on paper, but I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and ratings are weird for JUCOs. Uh, A lot of those guys, they don't get evaluated to the extent the high school prospects do. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, So I'm not too worried about that. I'm just happy to get another guy in. Uh, Some folks are uh, questioning how many JUCOs we've been uh, offering. Oh, excuse me. Still trying to kick that last of the sickness. Um, But basically, the sophomore class is so light. That was one of those classes that was one of Bill Snyder's last classes, and it's almost empty. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that spot oh, put us in a Juco. really sticky spot. Um, we <coughs> It kind of forced our hand a little bit. And, um, you know, the 2019 class and 2020 class have a pretty good amount of, you know, high school four-year players. So I'm not too worried about it. We had to fill some holes, and that's what we're doing. Yep, I agree. And, again, moving forward, uh, you probably won't see it hit as heavy. But, you know, you have the holes to fill, and I think this is a guy who – you know, might be starting come Big 12 play next year. Um, there's going to be five other prospects on official visits for that West Virginia game. Go check our friends over at K-State Online for all the up-to-date information. Um, any other football recruiting news you want to touch on? Uh, no, I don't think so. Let's talk about um, some hoops. Yeah, before we do, real quick, uh, Grant Flanders did say all four basketball commits are planning on signing on early signing day, which is when you guys are listening to this. So all four of those guys should be signing, and that'll be a done deal. Uh, Men's basketball, uh, you know, while the football team was playing Texas, the basketball team was out in Vegas winning their first road game of the year, 60-56. to Uh, (laughs) I had to go to OT, uh, but they are now 2-0. Really poor shooting, 37% from uh, the field. Three per, or 17.4% from three. Um, I'm afraid that's something we're just going to have to deal with. How concerning is are those numbers, or is this kind of what we expected? I'm not concerned at all. I mean, I think this is kind of just the type of teams that Bruce Weber puts together. Um, you know, last two years we kind of struggled with the same type of issues. Um, our identity in, in our program is defense first. Um, you know, we make it extremely hard for you to score on us, and the offense kind of comes along slowly throughout the season. Um, we've always been kind of a streaky offensive team, even with Barry Brown, Dean Wade, Cam Stokes. I'm not too worried about it. As long as we're playing elite defense, we're always going to be in the game, so – it is what it is. I think, and I think, I think we'll pick up. It'll pick up. Yeah, holding any team to fifty-six points in overtime. In overtime. Great, yeah. great defensive performance. Uh, Xavier Sneed led the team, nineteen points, five rebounds, played thirty-nine minutes. 
Cardi fouled out, but still was second in the team in minutes with 35, had 12.6 assists, four rebounds, and a steal. Again, that's what you want to see from your two, you know, marquee alpha dog players. Um, if those two guys are going to lead the charge week in, week out, I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. And, um, I mean, we're going to have to rely a lot on them. Um, minutes wise and points wise contribution wise but as long as we can get that third and fourth guy to step up it, it and it can that can rotate any given game i think we'll be all right and like i said it's all about defense in this program yep mike mcgirl played 27 minutes had nine points he was three of four shooting from the field two of two from the free throw line four rebounds three assists that's the type of field goal percentage you like to see from mike because sometimes he'll get in his head and he'll just start chucking shots um Especially if he's going 75% from the field, you almost maybe want him to shoot an, an extra shot or two. Uh, but that's the type of stat, stat line that I'd probably take from Mike McGurl every single game. Yeah, and he had two massive free throws with really high-pressure situation. His first two three throws, he goes up and cashes them both. That's the kind of shit you want to see from Mike McGurl for sure. Yep, Mont Murphy, 28 minutes, tied for third most minutes in the game. Scored five points, uh, but three of those came late in the game with a massive three-point play, uh, led the team with rebounds, with six rebounds. Um, again, just a guy who uh, didn't fill up the stat sheet, but he gave you big minutes. He played great defense, grabbed boards, and he got a hoop when the team really needed it. Yeah, really solid stuff. Um, I might have to move. I think we're. I think I have bad connection in this room, so it might get a little noisy out here, so I apologize for that. Oh, well, um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit. Uh, McCall Maywean played 22 minutes, one of three from the field, only three rebounds. And he only had one foul. He just never found a place in that game. And that's worrisome for me when it comes to McCall Maywean. Uh, we all accept that, hey, sometimes he's going to foul. Sometimes that's going to happen. But the fact that he was only able to give you 22 minutes, wasn't in foul trouble, but just never found a way to get into the game, especially versus a mid-major team. And that's going to be a UNLV team that's fighting for an NIT bid probably, not an NCAA tournament bid. Um, I don't know how much of the it's game concerning. you watch, but that was – I mean, it's just frustrating. And, again, I, I find myself saying this stuff about Mac more than I should, but – you can't have that type of performance from a guy that you're looking towards for leadership, especially versus a team like UNLV. No, I mean, he's a senior. He's got to be better than that. Um, you just can't. And it's funny because he's, he's such an elite defender in so many different ways, but he just cannot get out of foul trouble. And it's going to it's gonna bite us. It's going to bite us several times this year, and it bit us last year. Um, so I mean, he only had one foul, though. I mean, that's the most frustrating part of that game. Uh, yeah, he's just not contributing in other ways that he should be. Yep. Uh, Dejuan Gordon did not start, but he had 28 minutes, five points, two rebounds, one assist, three seals, one block. Played a lot of minutes, played good defense, uh, not quite scoring uh, early on in the season, we're only two official games in. Not scoring at the clip I wanted to see, but again, he's a guy who's getting his hand into passing lanes, pulling off three assists, getting a block. That's the type of guy that I, I really do think that if he's here for four years, he said his goal is to break Barry Brown's steals records. Uh, you <laughs> love having a freshman with that type of mentality. I love that you know he's already locked in with 
he's locked into the program like that. Um, that he sets. I love that he sets a goal to you know to break <laughs> uh, to break a record already. That's just something that you'd love to see. And you know, even him mentioning Barry Brown by name just kind of makes gives me gives me a little giddy. Um, but I think you know he's gonna break. He's gonna start you know scoring soon. I think it's probably gonna be like the floodgates will open. I, I kind of foresee that he's going to start – it's going to take one game where he clicks, and then after that the floodgates will open. He's going to figure out you know, this level of play, this level of offense that we're playing, and I'm excited. I think he's going to drop some big games this year. It would be massive because you only have those two scoring options in a game <clears throat> the season, um, but I'm, I'm getting close to – no, I'm not going to say it, but obviously <laughs> Mac isn't rising to the occasion two games in – uh, so you're needing someone to step into that third spot. Is it going to be Mike? Is it going to be Dejuan? Is it going to be Mont Murphy? I don't think so. I don't think it'll be Montavious. I think he's going to be a rebounder and defender. Uh, but a guy who might get that opportunity, uh, Antonio Gordon, only had 13 minutes, four points. But in those 13 minutes, he had five rebounds. Again, you love seeing these freshmen do the dirty work when they're out on the floor. Yeah, they both. All three of them seem to have like a ridiculous work ethic, which is like the one thing you absolutely want especially in this program so i'm excited i I think they have a bright future um david song he only played 10 minutes had no points attempted one shot um he was pretty quiet yeah but i i think at least until maybe he gets up to speed with the game at this level similar to the freshman once he gets up to speed you might expect more but he's not going to be a shooter i think you want to bring him in he didn't have any turnovers which is the biggest thing for him uh You'd like to see him get a few assists, uh, but I think that'll come when the team starts shooting a little bit better. But that's what he was brought in to be a calming presence, uh, not uh, basically not make mistakes and not be a black hole. Um, overall thoughts on the UNLV game. I went back and watched it. Again, it's a frustrating game, but they showed so much grit. They came from behind. It was a true road game, and there were so many players. I mean, we just read through the entire box score that either A, are having brand new roles or just new to the team. It's encouraging to see them battle through this adversity and still come out with a win, which is the biggest thing this early for this team. I completely agree. I mean, is UNLV very good? No. Um, But to go and have a true road game, you know, on a Saturday afternoon um, with – and facing adversity, we were pretty much trailing most of that game – to get some overtime experience early, um, pressure pack game, and to come out with a win, that's all that really matters. So it's going to be good experience going forward. Yep, made clutch defensive stops when you needed it, got buckets when you needed it. Again, it's going to be one of those learning moments that when this team makes a run in Big 12 play that everyone's going to be able to point back to and say, how big was that game? And again, the difference between hopefully this team and some teams from the past are they're getting those learning experiences while still ending up in the W column. The next game is going to be tonight, if you're listening it on release day, uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m. versus Monmouth in Bramlage on ESPN+. Plus. It's the only game this week. What are you really going to be looking for when you sit down and watch this game? I want to see that third guy step up. Um, you know, I think we're going to get every game, at least game in, game out. Typically, we're going to get X and Cardi being the two guys, but somebody eventually is going to have to step into that role. Um, 
I don't think it's going to be a clean, pretty game. I mean, it's still game three. We're still trying to figure a lot of shit out. Um, and typically early in Bruce seasons, we play some seriously ugly basketball. But I want to see a third guy step up. Maybe Mike. Um, I, I think, you know, I think Mike can can slowly start to take over that role. Um, like you said, you know, as long as he's just shooting at a decent percentage and not turning the ball over, continuing to be that great defender, great hard worker, then I think he has potential to be that third guy. <clears throat> What are you going to be looking for? Mac to stay on the floor? <coughs> you live over there? Yeah, just still down in this damn cold. Uh, yeah, I want to see specifically Mac step up. Again, it's going to be versus a team that he should be able to have a big game against. Um, I want to like it. I mean, I even had a tweet during, you know, the opener, uh, the very first regular season game. I said, there were times where Mac was looking like a damn lottery pick out there. Um, he has the size, he has the skill set, And again, I think at this point uh, in his career, looking for consistency, I mean, that's just something yeah. we probably should give up on. Uh, but, but you see the flashes and you just want it to be there more than it is. So <laughs> that is the frustrating thing about Mac is just, you know, his inconsistency because <laughs> he has shown, you know, he has shown game-breaking ability. He's shown the ability to be, you know, an elite defender. He showed the ability to be a hell of an offensive weapon. So it is really frustrating. I don't know what – how do you combat that inconsistency? I don't know, especially at this point when he's a senior. It's I just don't know. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, that, that's just what I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be looking for it all season. Um, but it's well, early. It is early, yeah, so, you know. It is early, and again, I've, I've been I've – been, well-noted fans put me in my place. Matt Hall's put me in my place. The Boneheads have put me in my place. I, I'm harder on Mac than probably anyone on this team. Um, He's so, so He can be so frustrating, but... Well, and, no. it's because, and it's because we've seen how good he can be. But exactly, yeah. I'm gonna be, that's what I'm going to be looking for. Um, we'll either talk about that game on the Friday show or next Wednesday um, when this drops but we will touch on that game versus Monmouth since there's only one game. Uh, women's basketball, Mitty's team, Mitty's squad, two blowout wins, first versus Omaha, then Illinois-Chicago. Uh, weirdly enough, I saw on Twitter, Travis Kelsey was at that Illinois-Chicago game. I saw that today. I think he has a buddy who has a family friend or cousin that's on the K-State team. Um, I saw a couple tweets about it. No idea, but that's – Freaking cool! Travis Kelsey was on or was there. Sadly, he was in a he was in a Spurs crew neck, which you, oh, you he, was to see. he was in a Tottenham. Oh, he was in a Tottenham no. crew neck, which you just you hate to see that. Oh, you hate it. Oh, that breaks my heart. Travis, pretty Kelsey, bad. You should yeah, not be a Tottenham bad. fan. Oh well. Um, the next game for the ladies, they don't play until Monday, early in the season. Really long break. That's going to be versus Oral Roberts, 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Folks, I know not everyone likes women's college basketball, but this is the best K-State women's basketball team we've had in a very long time. I would say if you have free time on Monday night, if you're not watching Monday night football, um, throw it on ESPN+. Plus. It's an entertaining brand of basketball. They're scoring 80 points a game. So if you want to see shooting, if you want to see jump shots, go in. This ladies' team, they get buckets. Um, yeah, they're solid. They are. they are solid, and, and I've, I've had the pleasure of sitting down and talking with Jeff Mitty a couple times, a great dude, and I'm really happy he finally has a squad that he can make he can make a run with. Um, 
Volleyball, not a great week for volleyball. Got swept at home versus Iowa State. Uh, Saturday, they're facing number one Texas down in Austin. It's going to be on Longhorn Network. Um, or I guess that's on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Uh, so when you guys are listening to this, if you want second stream, screen during the basketball game, <clears throat> number one uh, down in Austin, I don't have much confidence in that. But they do play KU in Lawrence, 1 p.m. Saturday, ESPN+. Plus. If you're in the area, if you have free time, if you're not going to the football game, check out Volleyball in Lawrence before uh, football gets started. But uh, rough season, and I'm almost getting to the point where uh, I think Susie Fritz needs to go. Um, Let's see what happens next year, but I'm tired of it. I love volleyball, and I miss them being good. Yeah, I agree. But like we said, they're a very young team, and uh, they have a lot to build on moving forward. um, it's Tuesday, folks, so that means Coach Kleiman's press conference was today, not when you're listening to it. But, um, you know, he continues to pound stone, sticking with that mantra, you know, telling the team, just like after you win, you got to move on in the next game, no different than a loss. I love it. Yeah, I mean, he's very consistent. He always opens up his press conference saying sim- something similar to that note, whether it's a win, whether it's a loss. Um, says only Viking Gill came out of the game uh, more injured uh, than going into the game. Again, he also was asked, I don't think I put this in the notes, he was asked about that cheap shot, and you could tell he was still pretty hot under the color, collar. Uh, he handled himself with composure, but you you can't see it when you listen, but you can see his facial expression when he was talking about that. Uh, I mean, honestly, that was one of the cheapest hits I've seen in college football in the last few years. Yeah, he should be pissed. Um, it was a dirty... It was a dirty hit. Um, there's really no nothing else to say about it. Um, imagine, be, imagine Chris Kleiman being actually mad at you. Holy shit! Oh, I, I so scary. It's probably a good thing for that Texas player that he wasn't around that sideline. Um, then Kleiman, like straight up, said that it, that he thinks it's stupid that he's only getting the extra half uh, suspension. Uh, he was basically. He didn't come out and say it, but he was hinting, basically saying that he feels that he deserved a full game suspension, if not more. And I don't disagree with him. Um, that was yeah. just – I mean, that, that's a two-game suspension in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a fucking fine. Maybe we should just oh, yeah. send, the, send that guy to jail for a few weeks. Yes, I agree. He should have to spend two weeks in jail. Um, he did mention Joe Urban has cleared concussion protocol and then asked about James Gilbert and Jordan Brown said – uh, both of them actually have ankle issues. Uh, James Gilbert was moving uh, and Jordan Brown a little nicked up, but they were both cleared for today's practice. They're going to see how they react to a full practice today. Uh, the Monday practice is always just a light walkthrough, so we want to see how they're going to look. Um, we, we've talked about it almost every episode we've had since these two started. How important is it to get them back to they're probably not going to be 100 percent healthy rest of the year but even up to 60 70 percent how important would that be it's very important i mean having them together um, they're a great tandem uh, back duo and we've seen just how much more effective they are than when you know they're uh, just how much more effective our offense is when they're both actually healthy um you know I think we both, you and I, I'll speak for you, I think we both think that Jordan Brown is probably the better back, more versatile, but when, when we just have Jordan Brown without James Gilbert, he's not as good. I mean, straight up, we need to have them both healthy again. And I think, I don't want to shit too much on West Virginia, but it is 
maybe you know good timing that we might still be able to rest these guys um and it looks like we're just gonna have to go with trotter and the young boys for the next couple of weeks yeah i actually be surprised if we don't see both of them at least try to give it a go versus west virginia you think yeah no i i do i think i think we'll see both of them get carries this week um I think the fact that he said that they are cleared for practice on Wednesday, I, I do think that we will see both of them. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too optimistic, uh, but he. Yeah, maybe I, though. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because Jordan Brown has gotten carries in the last two yeah, games. Yeah, he has. I. He hasn't, been, he hasn't been efficient. He hasn't been healthy, but he's gotten carries. Um, I think so. I think he'll continue to get touches, and I do. Think Overcome back. I want to cycle back to something you said. Um, I don't think I truly believe anymore that Jordan Brown is the better running back than James Gilbert. You don't think so? I think he might have the more raw ability, like his top end speed and his breakaway speed, maybe even his wiggles a little more. How about but, just more versatile? Yes, more versatile. I I can agree with that. But I think what I think Jordan Brown uh, can do a lot of things. Okay, I think James Gilbert is great at running in between the tackles and when he sees a hole he's going to hit it and he's going to pick up an extra yard or two if not more after contact um so i and i think that makes him the better running back i do agree brown's more versatile but i just wanted to cycle back to that yeah regardless though it's frustrating i i hope we can get those two back as quickly as possible I agree. Uh, Khaled Duke and Joe Irvin were singled out as guys that will continue to play despite being at the four-game mark. You and I talked specifically about Joe Irvin, about maybe not wanting to burn that red shirt, and uh, we've kind of danced around the idea of Khaled Duke, um, or Khalid Duke, I believe is how they pronounced it. Um, What are your thoughts when you hear that? Um, I, I know I've come around to it. You have so many running backs who were in the class of 2019. You have more coming in 2020. Just for class distribution, I'm fine with Joe Irvin uh, burning his red shirt, but I do hope we see more of them, and it's just not a you know a play here or there in the yeah. final games. I mean, I'm to the point where I'm okay with kind of just, just letting them play. Um it is what it is. I mean, Joe Irvin is kind of uh, – we're hurting a little bit at the running back position, so it makes sense. Um, it's great that he got already to have four games of experience. But, you know, I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt us too much going forward playing these guys. I agree. Uh said Malik is probably at about 85% right now, still de- dealing with a list of small things that are nagging him. Um, I think we all knew that. I think at this point in the college football season – if you've had to deal with any sort of injury, you're yeah. never going to get back to 100% at this point in the season. Yeah, that's just – it is what it is. It's college football. You're getting banged up probably some way every week. And it's November, so it's just going to have to carry carry it through the end of the year. <clears throat> yep, we got confirmation that Sammy Wheeler tore his ACL in a non-contact play versus KU. Also confirmed he's going to miss spring ball. How bad does that hurt that not only do you lose out – Sammy Wheeler, A, as a weapon for rest of the season, B, the practice time, rest of the season plus bowl prep, and then C, spring practice on top of that. I mean, it hurts immensely for Sammy Wheeler. I mean, he was just starting to come on, too. I mean, seeing him against KU playing, he had a couple of you know really good plays against Oklahoma. Um, really, really frustrating for him, feel for him quite a bit. Um, 
and we can use all the weapons that we can get at this point on our offense. So it sucks. Yep, I agree with you. And then final thing away from the press conference, he was asked how the DBs did against Texas without A.J. Parker. He said, it is what it is. It was his first comment. I was like, ooh, <laughs> wow. But then he said, oh, but they battled well. They competed well. He was happy with them. Then said it's tough when you have such a short, small defensive backfield going up against guys that are 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". Um, a little surprised at how he went about that. But everything he said is true. I think we were pleased with the fight. But there were just a couple plays that they just were incapable yeah. of making. I love Chris Kleiman, man. I love how honest he is. Um, but, you know, thinking back on the Texas game, my gripes um, defensively are not – I don't think they really start with the secondary. I mean, they ran all over us. We couldn't tackle for shit. So I give my hat off to the secondary, even though <laughs> they just are short guys. That's all it is. We can yeah. we can, uh, we can, can relate to that. Yes, we. neither one of us are very tall. <laughs> um that's all from the press conference. Usually we would jump right into the primers, but there was, again, some big news on brand for our podcast, something that we like to talk about. Um, the much-rumored white script helmets uh, are making their debut. Um, a single dark purple stripe instead of the traditional tri-stripe, um, and then no power cap but a dark purple script cats. Same script as uh, the 1980s. 8th season understand parish which all the olds won't let you forget but instead of a purple helmet it's a white helmet um first let's just talk real quick it was scooped by a retailer again um we we talked about something in a previous podcast we're not going to cycle back to it but there was a marketing email from fanatics that went out uh the morning of and of course it had the helmet on there had all the merch um when is k-state going to finally let the talented people, Jay Moline, uh, you know, Emily Starkey, that's all the talented people that do uh, audio, visual, and social media. When are they going to just be able to do their job? It's absurd. I mean, God, it's not quite as egregious as the basketball jersey, but which uh, we are talking about. We're not going to talk about that, but it is absurd. I mean, if I'm if I'm Someone from the university, I'm absolutely going off on these retailers. I at this point, you've blown two freaking two freaking reveals, and it sucks because that was a great video that they put out. And that was a know, great, it, it was amazing. That, video. You know, if that would have been the first exposure to it, it would have been it would have banged. It already banged. It would have banged even harder. Yeah, and I, th- there are a couple people uh, on message boards on Twitter who are trying to get smart with me, like try to say that. Uh, made it too big of a deal of it. And, oh, who cares uh, how it's revealed, all this type of shit. Like, okay, like, whatever. I, I understand that you're trying to start something on Twitter, on message boards, whatever, whatever. Who cares? It's but, literally but people's some, jobs to do yeah, that. Like, there, there are so many talented people at K-State who that is their job. And after, you know, so many years of being underutilized, they're finally getting these opportunities to tell these stories. Uh, a 30-second Twitter clip that can give you goosebumps, but instead you're finding out versus a marketing email or a tweet that went viral because someone put something out that they shouldn't have. Uh, I, uh, again, I understand that like in the grand scheme of things, yes, like it's, it's not solving world peace, 
But again, there are so many people who put time and effort into an amazing story and an amazing product and an amazing, just everything around it is first class and you're minimizing their work, which is so great. And I don't know, I don't have time for it. I didn't even, I didn't even respond to those people this time around. I got in the weeds the last time this all happened, but I'm just not going to do it. The The folks at KSA are so talented when it comes to this type of stuff, and it's a shame some people try to minimize uh, what they do and just ask, why are you freaking out over an email? So that's my rant. So let's talk about the helmet a little bit. Um, you know, what yeah, are your thoughts on the helmet? I, okay, so I absolutely – I mean, I love it. I think it's beautiful. Um, the cat script is – I mean, first of all, definitely a dark purple. It's not black. I don't know what people are thinking there. Um, I mean, if you look at the power cat on our current helmet, I mean, it, that shit is so dark. It almost looks black, but it's definitely purple. Same shade. I don't know why people think it's black, but I think well, it's, it's great. because I it mean, doesn't match I, the jerseys, which is yeah. kind of the gripe I have. The purple on the jerseys have never matched. Yeah, the yeah. Um, I mean, I'm fully embracing it. Um, it almost makes me wish that we could do something else, you know, like with our with our uh, base uniform and like pants. I wish we could throw it back even further. Um, but I think it looks really, really good. Um, I hope that we keep that helmet in the rotation. I hope we embrace the cat script. Clearly, we have because we've <laughs> released an entire merchandising limited edition line for it. I love it. I mean, the more that I think, the more changes, the merrier. And I'm I'm on record as loving our home base. I think if we just keep our base uniforms forever and then do, you know, three sort of alts a year, I'd be totally fine with that. But I fucking love the helmet. I think it's great. Yeah, I love it as well. Um, people pointed out that uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is the interlocking KF logo has been used by ESPN a ton. Well, this year they've been using the script cats for football. I don't know what they'll do for basketball. We'll have to wait for conference play to really see that. But I love that that's kind of migrating into almost I love it too. logo that I've been yearning for for years now. So I love that. I love the script. People try to be like, oh, it's not unique enough. Okay, I'm sorry Northwestern did something in the 80s. But, folks, there are high schools throughout the country using the PowerCat. Like, I don't want to hear it. And, yes, I love the Sailor Willie. Would I prefer that? Probably. But this is amazing. It's a great step. Um you know what? I have a take on Sailor Willie. I think it's the best K-State logo, but I don't want to see it on a helmet. I don't know why. I, I, I've seen the mock-ups. I don't, I don't think it looks I good. don't like it. It's, it just doesn't fit. Like, it's too big. It's too long. I don't know. Maybe yeah, you could it, just it do would, the head, but that would, would look weird. Be, it would have to be just the head. Missouri's done something similar. Oregon's done some, something similar. Uh, Baylor's done something. I mean, the head looks great. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, think we could make that for, work. Yeah, for it to work on a helmet, I think it would have to be just the head. Um, How about this for a helmet? Um, you got the head one side, you got the number on the other, you got a cat script bumper, single stripe yeah. white. No, yeah, perfect. I, oh yeah, I, that, that's fine by me. I like all of that type of stuff. <laughs> um, and and I'm and honestly, the thing I'm happy not happy about, but something that I'm very pleased about is they are going with the single dark purple stripe instead of the yeah, tri. I like it too. Um, I agree with some folks that the bumper having the script cats, not ideal, but again, to deconstruct an entire helmet, to put a new bumper. Yeah. Yeah. Not worth it for me. Um, But overall, that's like the perfect, just the perfect first ever 
different logo. We've had the camo helmet or the power cat on a silver helmet before. Um, but this is like the perfect first new helmet. This is the first time in our lifetime we're going to a football game that doesn't have the power cat. And I, and I love it's it. It's freaking weird. You know what is funny though? Like, actually, this isn't true. I was going to say all of the uniform changes that we have seen in our lifetime, minus the Ron Prince, um, we've lost every game, but we actually haven't. We did win a Fort Riley day where we had that purple camo, pink camo on the power cat. Do you remember that game? We won yeah, that game. Iowa State. Yeah, we Iowa won State. that game. So, yeah, that erases so, all all of the you know Bill Snyder era uniform change uh, myth. So never mind. I completely yeah. take that back. But we have lost the f- three games we've worn a white helmet. I know. So the curse of the white helmets out there. I don't believe in that, but it, but it is funny to look back on. Um, let's talk about the fan base reaction. Um, and again, it turned into something mass. Again, we I know we have probably a couple hundred folks who listen who are not really on Facebook. They're not on Twitter. So this means nothing to you guys. But how funny was the reaction to just all the people upset about not having the power cat trying to compare it to Stan Parrish? Yes, it was a shit year, but like it was 30 years ago. Who cares? And then the subsequent OK Boomer meme taking off <laughs> Twitter. I was so say. touch Touch on all three of those because I, I think I, I got in the weeds a little more than you did, but I did see you going after someone today. I mean, this one guy who, uh, whatever, he's just a dumbass. But, I mean, yeah, the OK Boomer meme could not have been born at a more perfect time for us. I mean, <laughs> we saw the boomers coming out coming out of the woodworks, but it's just stupid. I I'm exhausted of it at this point. I don't have that much to add. It's just like – People saying that the power cat represents success and, you know, our record like two and 30 with the cat script helmet. Who gives a shit? We've we've seen us get our dicks cut off a million times by teams that are way better than us with the power cat on our fucking helmet. Our worst loss of all time, 1998, had a purple or had a silver helmet with the fucking power cat on it. So should we ban the power cat helmet? No, it's, it's just so dumb. There's absolutely no logic in any of this argument. It's a great, it's a great helmet. The cat script looks awesome. I think we should embrace any new design in the university. It looks awesome. I and the players obviously love it. Former players are coming out of woodworks talking about how much they love it. I mean, Michael Bishop tweeted today, or maybe it was yesterday, but he tweeted about how he's like, I can't wait to see it. So it's just, it's stupid. I'm tired of it at this point. I don't want to talk to old dumbass people that, you know honestly are mad about it i just i i have no energy for it i would like to every, hear your perspective though yeah every single player who was asked about today mia loved it skylar thompson had a great answer to it saying that he loves it it's fresh everyone likes the gear everyone likes the logo and he said who cares what happened 30 years ago that is exactly right when it comes to a helmet logo as much as I think that, hey, maybe we should rein it back on the power cat, fact of the matter is it's not going anywhere. It's still at the 50-yard line. It's still everywhere you look yeah. at it. It's everywhere around athletics. It's not going anywhere. Sure, they sold you know a few thousand pieces of merchandise with the Cats logo on it. Yeah, they're going to wear it for that one game. Fact of the matter is, is it, it's always like – the power cat helmet, the traditional power cat helmet will be around more than it's not. 
So one game here or there, or maybe two or three a season at most a couple of years from now, who cares? Get over it. It's what the kids like. It, no one cares what, you know, Bob and Karen, you know, who graduated in 19. Great boomer names. I think. Like, they don't care. The, the recruits don't care. The current players don't care. Embrace what they want and just have fun with it. And, again, I know you, you shouldn't tell people what they should or shouldn't think. I, I get it. I understand it. It's an opinion, all that type of stuff. But, man, it's fun. It's something new. It's something that we haven't had in 30 years. Have fun with it. And, you know, that's all That's all I have. I agree. And I'm not in the camp of, like, hating the Powercat. I like the Powercat. I think it's good. And I think it looks really good on a helmet. Like, I love our base at helmets. But I can't understand why people get butthurt about, like, a few changes a year. You know, and the thing about the cat script is it's that's good for the program in general. It gets us it gets us more looks, it gets us more exposure. People are looking you know, people all across the country are talking about K State right now because we made a change to our helmet. Like, how can you not see that that is good for the program in the long run? I just don't get it. I think people are just stuck in their ways. But we gotta move on, you know, we gotta forget about those people because they're dumb. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to say real quick, I follow a million different uniform Twitter and Instagram profiles that talk about football uh, uniforms and college uniforms. Every single one of them has had, like, a quick blog post or featured that helmet on their Instagram page. Like, it is, it's getting heat, and it's going to be on ESPN for the Gear Up segment right before they go to college game day. It's getting attention. It's getting exposure. It's great. That's all we have to talk about it. Uh I will but, say one last thing. Um, okay. You know, majority of the fans are all about it. Like, it is it is the minority that don't like it. So, you know, we touch on those folks. But I think the majority of fans, at least on Twitter in our bubble, it's like probably 80% of the people are 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 in support of it. Yep, I agree. Um, so that's all we have. It's time for the primers. But before we do, the primers are sponsored by – manscaped.com i finally got my kit and folks i manscaped i cleaned it all up with the lawnmower 2.0 no nicks no cuts nothing just a pristine manscaped below the belt here scott wildcat hit me up uh, i'm ready to rock and roll and guess what i also have all the balms deodorants lotions i could ever need so now my junk is clean and it smells amazing if you <laughs> I'm not kidding. If you haven't gone to manscaped.com, use promo code armchair for 20% off plus free shipping. I guarantee there is something there that will improve your hygiene and your below the belt grooming. I'm not kidding. Guys, we've had a handful of sponsors. I'm very passionate about manscaped.com. Check out their website. Use promo code. That That kit's legit. The kit is amazing. If you don't want to buy the full kit, get the deodorant, get the spray, get the body wash. It smells amazing. The body wash is great. I think the clipper is, I mean, I was impressed. The lawnmower 2.0, shit. NASA scientists built that, I think. I don't know. But it's time for the primers. West Virginia primer, we got our guy Chris Hall from the Between the Ears podcast, I think. As of recording this right now, he still hasn't sent it to me. Hopefully it comes through. But Uh we have a treat for you. We listened to the Boneheads. You guys wanted more Mitch Fortner? We gave him to you. He's the voice of K-State soccer. He's on K-Rock, K-Man, and he's the best PA guy in the rotation. 
You heard him at the bill that one time, a handful of times for men's basketball, and all season long for women's basketball, you get to hear that amazing voice. So Mitch Fortner is back giving you the K-State Primer because we listen to Boneheads and we love you. So we're going to kick it to them, and we'll be back to talk more about the game. This is Chris Hall with Sports Illustrated West Virginia, also the host of the Between the Ears podcast. Appreciate Scott and Grant of the Roscoe's Boys inviting me on this week to give you a glimpse of the 3-6 and six West Virginia Mountaineers. You can follow me on Twitter at WV Hallbilly, and you can find our work at SI underscore WVU, also on Facebook. It's under WV Nation. I know that doesn't make sense, but Facebook has been dragging their feet on the name change. So let's dive right into West Virginia. They're three and six on the season. It's about uh, where some of us thought they would be at this point. Probably thought maybe they could have had an extra win or two. They played some teams tough throughout the year. They really got smoked against Missouri, Oklahoma, and last week at home against Texas Tech. And we'll start with that defense on the defense side of the ball because they gave up five straight touchdowns to begin the game. Very uncharacteristic of this unit, especially coming off a a great game against Baylor where they held them 17 in Waco. Uh, Also recorded eight sacks that game. So let's start up front with the defense. Uh, if you're looking at the defense right now, that's where it all, that's where it's kind of all been uh, really key for West Virginia as long that defensive line, which is a big change from years prior, uh, years prior from Neil Brown coming to Morgantown. But you start up front with Darius Still, seven sacks on the season. His brother uh, Dante has six sacks on the season, and then you look at that secondary. A lot of freshmen in that secondary. Starts with Tyke Smith, great playmaker, true freshman. Uh, Kerry Martin comes in for Josh, Josh Norwood, uh, the senior at free safety. Then you look at the corners, Keith Washington and Keen Bailey. Those corners have really locked it down. The biggest weak, weak spot in this defense is right in the middle of the linebackers. Uh, some of it has to do with injury. Some of it just not size uh, to play this new style of defense under defensive coordinator Vic Coning. They do get Josh Chandler back this week, uh, playmaker in that linebacking core. So it'll be good to see, good to see him back on the field this week. Uh, he's been sorely missed in the middle of that defense. The biggest challenge this week uh, will be that can obviously that Kansas State offense. Uh, Skylar Thompson, the way he's able to run. Uh, I know every week's a dual threat quarterback, uh, but he's he's made some really great. Uh, decisions throughout the year a really steady ice in his veins type of guy so a lot of that's going to just have to be lined up properly Uh, I know Kansas State uses a lot of different personnel uh, a lot of different schemes so uh, maybe confusing for that secondary but they generally all season long have bad have bounced back from poor performances so that defense may step up again this week um, and it all start up front with those Steelers brothers the negative part on this team has been the offense. Uh, obviously, Will Greer's gone, David Sill's gone. All those playmakers uh, from last year are gone, especially Dana Holgerson's offense. The offense isn't the problem. The scheme isn't the problem. It's a lot of youth on offense as well. You got a lot of redshirt freshmen uh, starting. You got freshmen uh, playing as well. Austin Kendall, who was at Oklahoma, transferred to West Virginia, has had a little bit of rough spats. He's been a little bit inconsistent at times, but his receivers have not helped him. A lot of drops. All starts with Sam James uh, on the outside. The offense runs through Sam James. 
He's only a redshirt freshman. 20 targets last week, 14 receptions, 223 yards. A big, big day uh, in the stat box, but it's been overshadowed by his drop passes. A lot of bunny drops, a lot of easy passes, wide open passes. Uh, he's dropped throughout the year. Probably should have had well over 300 yards last week if it wasn't for drop passes. Run games really, really struggled this year. I think they're 128th right now in NCAA in rushing. Uh, it, it's been it's been a struggle to say the least out of run the ball up front. A lot of red shirt freshmen again up front, and then you go. What's been st- stable has been the tackles. You got Kelby Wickline on the right side, uh, red shirt senior, and then the left left tackle Colton McKibbitts. Um, another redshirt senior, probably uh, at least a second-round draft pick in the NFL, may work his way up to a first round. Been the most consistent all year everywhere else. Uh, they're just not on the same page for whatever reason, whether it's drop passes, just a misassignment. Maybe what may help spark this running game this week is freshman Tony Mathis Jr., he had some big plays last week. You could tell he was nervous. Coach Brown said he was nervous and stumbled on his feet, stumbled on his own feet uh, a few times throughout the game. So nerves may be out. It may do something to wake up uh, with him and Letty Brown in the backfield. Uh, McCoy has uh, had an average season, and he was supposed to be leader of the season. Special teams, nothing great. Uh, kickoff, punt return uh, coverage has been good. Uh, nothing in the return game. They did find a good returner in the kickoff. Uh, had a kickoff return against Baylor a couple weeks ago for a touchdown in Winston Wright. So uh, overall, uh, if you're looking at this game from afar, uh, the biggest the biggest thing is Washington can be dangerous. They just haven't shown any consistency on offense. If they can play some offense, if they can start to be consistent, uh, it would spell trouble for anybody that they're playing with, especially with the defense, the way they're playing right now. But there's been no signs of the offense. They may get uh, redshirt junior receiver TJ Simmons back this week. That would be a huge help uh, for this offense, but it may still may not sell, solve uh, some of the third down issues and their red zone issues. They really struggle uh, to score uh, in the red zone. But with that linebacking core struggling, uh, they're a bit undersized on defense. So expect Kansas State to continue uh, to dominate time of possession run the ball. Uh, Skylar Thompson probably have a field day just kind of picking them apart, moving it down the field. So fully expect Kansas State uh, to win this game. Score might be close just because the defense may, the West Virginia defense may bounce back, but Kansas will control this game. Got Kansas winning pretty soundly, 31-13. to 13. Appreciate Scott and Grant for bringing me on this week. Um, um, again, uh, you can find our work at Sports Illustrated West Virginia. Just go to our Twitter tag at SI underscore WVU. You can find me at WV Hallbilly. Well, hello, Bosco Boys Nation. My name is Mitch the Ford Fortner. I work for News Radio KMAN and 101.5 K Rock. I am the voice of K State Soccer, PA announcer for K State Women's Basketball. And for that one time, I got to fill in for a K State football game on the public address. And it just so happened K State beat Oklahoma that day. According to Mr. Scott Wildcat, I was asked to come back by popular demand, if that is true, in any capacity. Thank you so much for wanting me back to talk a little bit of K-State football. I'm ready to get down and dirty with the Wildcats and talk West Virginia. First of all, if you haven't followed me on Twitter yet, you need to. I think I'm one of the more entertaining K-State media people on Twitter because I don't just talk about football. I can literally talk about anything and everything. I have range. 
That is something a lot of those sports jabronis do not have. Follow me at Mitch the Fort. They say in the media, if you're not at 2,000 followers, you're a nobody. So I'm just trying to get to that 2,000. All right, let's talk K-State sports here. Where are the Cats at right now? Where they're coming off a loss, unfortunately. 27-24 to the Texas Longhorns in Austin. But before that, K-State had won three in a row, including a win against number 5 Oklahoma. Biggest win at home since 2006 when the Cats beat number 4 Texas. Right now, the Cats sit in a four-way tie in the Big 12 standings. Not a bad place to be under first-year head coach Chris Kleiman. I mentioned the Cats losing Texas. That was on a last-second field goal. I was really hoping Coach Kleiman and, and company would just let Texas score, and then we'd have an opportunity to pops, possibly tie the game and at least have an opportunity in overtime. That's not how it worked out, unfortunately. However, I feel so damn optimistic about the rest of this season. I've seen enough from not only the Cats, but on the teams that K-State will play in the future the K-State Wildcats are going to win out. They're going to get to 9-3. and three. They're going to whoop West Virginia. They're going to take down Texas Tech and Lubbock, and they're going to mow down the Iowa State Cyclones, Farmageddon in Manhattan. Wildcats going to finish this regular season 9-3. and three. All right, specifically K-State versus West Virginia. Here is the big strength that I think K-State has coming into this ballgame. It's not offensively. It's not defensively. It's not special teams. It is that sexy script Cats logo that the Wildcats are going to slap on those white helmets and wear out into the field on Saturday. Now, I get it. Some people have some bad memories about that, but here's what I feel about that. I don't give a shit. I think they're awesome. The players love them. It's to celebrate the 150 years of college football, and it was only worn for one year back in 1988. It was so short-lived, it's time to bring it back. I love the new merchandise with the Cat Script logo on it. I want everything. Everything that Cat's logo is on, I want it. I have to talk to my people at K-State to get that stuff. You know, I can get stuff for free sometimes. But now the biggest weakness I see for the Cats right now coming to this ball game, I don't see injuries as a weakness. I think it's next man up, and hopefully somebody's going to step up in those situations. Uh, but it's tackling right now for me. Been pretty poor at times, especially one-on-one open field. Uh, nothing irritates me more when the guy just tries to lower his shoulder and use a hit as a tackle. Most of the time, that's not going to help, especially if you try to go low. If you go lower, it's easy for a guy to make a quick move and get out of that. I, again, not a big fan of that. And you get you see guys get ran over more. We saw Denzel Goolsby get leapfrogged, and that was a little embarrassing for him, I'm sure. Just wrap up and try to drag a guy to the ground. If you wrap up, you get your hands on guy, two hands, most likely you're going to slow him down. That gives you more of an opportunity for a teammate to come over and help you out the tackle. That is called gang tackling. You learn that in sixth grade. I want to see more of that. Form tackling, get a helmet across the body, drag his ass to the ground. Make him dread you possibly hitting him again. All right, key players for this ball game. Offensively, I'm going to go with a running back that we've seen a little bit over the last handful of weeks, but I think he runs the ball so well, especially up the gut. I think it's a piece K-State's missing right now. Honestly, I love Tyler Burns right now. 26 carries on the year, but he's averaging almost six yards a carry, and he is a bruiser. He is somebody that is hard to tackle. I think that's something K-State really needs in the running game right now, but I understand there's a lot of running backs for K-State that can definitely run the football, and he's kind of down the depth chart right now. I get it. 
And defensively, I'm just going to go with the whole secondary, still without A.J. Parker. But you know what? West Virginia averages 330 yards per ball game, which is horrendous. That is terrible. Their offense is trash. But West Virginia does get 254 of that through the air, which you do the math. I mean, that they have a terrible running offense. Just crap. K-State will shut that down all night long. But the secondary, I think, will definitely have to uh, step up if they want to certainly keep West Virginia off the scoreboard as much as possible. The big thing I think K-State needs to win this football game, be a two-dimensional offensive team. If you have success early, you won't have to open up the, the playbook as much. You'll be able to run the football efficiently. And Skyler's going to definitely get those throws in, but I think we could definitely see a, a three-touchdown game for Skylar Thompson on the ground once again. But I'd like to see the options, you know, be successful passing and running the football. Well, my score prediction in this game, West Virginia has lost five games in a row, and I don't think they're going to win another game this season. Cats, in script, win 34-10. to 10. Once again, I am Mitch the Fort Fortner from 101.5 K-Rock and News Radio KMAN. Catch me on the game with John Kurtz and Mason Voth from 4 to 6 Tuesday through Friday on News Radio KMAN and NewsRadioKMAN.com. Follow me on Twitter at Mitch the Fort. Big thanks to Scott Wildcat for having me back on Bosco's Boys. Go Cats! And thank you to our guy Chris Hall from Between the Ears podcast. I hope, hopefully he sent it, and our main man Mitch Fortner. Uh, Mitch's best in the game for those primers. Now let's just talk real quick what this game means uh, to us. I think the storyline, I'm surprised, isn't getting a little bit more pub. Again, when we're recording this on Tuesday evening, maybe it'll build up. But this is the Gene Taylor Bowl. I mean, it came down to the two finalists for this job after Seth Luttrell uh, fell through. Um, thank God it did. Um, but between Neil Brown and Chris Kleiman, it was going to be one of those two guys. When the uh, Coaching Football Scoops article dropped, it came down to those two guys. Um, so I, I think that I think Chris Kleiman and the fan base really need to embrace this game year and year out to kind of prove to the world that, you know, our guy Gene picked the right guy. What do you think about it? I totally that? agree. I mean, we talked about it a lot uh, before the season started that this was probably the second most interesting game on the roster and second most important game to win on the roster because of that coaching search um, detail. But it's interesting. Um, obviously, West Virginia has been struggling this year. Um, we have a slight advantage, I think, but um, it would be huge getting into your next point, I think, putting another notch in Chris Kleiman's belt, beating another first-year coach, and making that statement. Yeah, I think establishing K-State uh, – clearly above all the other first-year head coach programs would be massive. The entire talking point back, you know, it seems like forever ago, back when we were in Arlington past the summer at Media Days, it was all about, hey, here's the four new coaches at the bottom of the preseason poll. Which of those four guys are going to establish themselves above the rest? And Coach Kleiman has already, you know, kicked down less miles down, down the elevator shaft. And here's the next one. Um, can you beat Neil Brown and can you then just keep climbing up that totem pole? You already hit TCU and Gary Patterson, you know, maybe he's on his way on the back end of his career. Um, you already took out one of the giants in Lincoln Riley. If you can cement yourself, maybe even better than just, you know, the best of the first year coaches, 
but put your start really building up on top of some of these other Big 12 coaches, it's going to be massive. And all that's out the window if you don't beat West Virginia. I agree. And, um, I mean, I think we're going to be the favorites. But, yeah, I, I think it, it'll be a huge statement um, for Chris Kleiman, but it would be, you know, kind of a notch in Gene Taylor's belt for if we could get another win over that first-year coach, particularly Neil Brown, who was probably the second runner-up. So it'll be interesting. And he's also – Neil Brown's also like an awkward, awkward. He's he's a, another little guy. He is like he is small. Um, the next thing is the Cats were just on the outside of the AP and Coaches Bowl, literally four <laughs> minutes ago. Revealed that twenty four in the college football playoff bowl. Um, but I think that you win this game if you do it in a fashion that uh, we hope it will, you get back into those two polls. You maybe get back in the top 20 of the college football playoff bowl. Again, if you're not in the top four, uh, do rankings really mean anything? Eh, no, but it is a nice little notch in a belt, something that we haven't had, what, since 2014, the last time we finished the season ranked? Uh, yeah, definitely. Be, I think it is. I mean, yeah, years. being outside the top four – it doesn't mean anything in terms of, uh, you know, silverware. But I think, you know, you can take that shit to recruits. You can say, hey, first year, we're ranked in the college football playoff. What are we going to be in the next five years? You want to come play for us. So um, those are going to come out tonight, by the way, um, Tuesday night. No, I just said that we're 24. Oh, we're 20. oh it's out? Fuck yeah. So we are ranked. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that you can use as ammunition in recruiting. So – it's a good thing. Yeah, and the college football playoff doesn't put a postseason poll out there, so it's only going to be the AP poll and the coaches poll. And I do think that that, that has a little bit of pizzazz. Like, again, you're not going to be competing for a Big 12 title anymore. You're not going to be going for a New Year's Six bowl game. So now the things that are true accomplishments, stuff that you can you know, put on the postcard, put on the mantle, a 10-win season and finishing in the top 25, those things are still out there. And, again, both of those gone if you can't get the win today. Um, and we talked about earlier, <laughs> you got to end, end the curse of the White Helmets. Um, I love the White Helmets. I love them more than the Silver Helmets. I don't know if you agree with me or not. I don't care. I love them, and I don't want any sort of boomer or someone like you trying to say, oh, we, we haven't won in the White Helmets. So I want to put that to bed, like, now. Well, I mean, we haven't won in the White Helmets, but I don't care. I still want to keep wearing them. I love them. Um, I agree. Let's let's end that. Um, we have a good opportunity, to playing one of the bottom teams in the Big 12. It's time to end it. It's time to end the Cats. We can we can we can start a new chapter for the cat script in football. I think it's a great opportunity. I agree with you. And then just get the good vibes back. Losing sucks. Um, it was it so does fun suck. to. I've been thinking, dude. So I've been thinking about. Go. Oh. I've been thinking about this loss. I mean, it's 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 hurt me a little bit the last couple of days. Ugh. We should have won that. Yeah, fucker. losing sucks. I, it's just losing I hate sucks. Texas. It made me realize how much I do hate Texas. I don't hate Texas, but it still sucked. Let's get the good vibes back with the win. Um, so that's kind of the buildups of the game. Let uh, me tell you how we're going to get the good vibes back with my first key to V. Okay, there you go. Boom. We're going to get the good vibe back by killing the game early. We're going to kill this shit in the first quarter. And we're going to do it. You know why it's so important, Scott, to kill this game early? Why? Because our roster is banged up. Some of our best players are hurt. Malik Knowles is 85%. Our two best running backs are still hurt. Um, if we kill this game early, get enough of a gap 
to where we can play, you know, some of our backups, give our guys some extra rest. I think that'll be really good for us going forward. I agree. And if you win it in a dominant fashion, everything we just talked talked about in that build up to the game, that all comes true. If it's a big blowout win, and I love it. My first key, the second one for both of us is stay quote unquote perfect on special teams. You're never going to be perfect, but I want to see, you know, hopefully Devin Ankle doesn't have to punt, but if he does, I want to get back to seeing one or two just perfect beauties. Last couple of games, he hasn't been up to this, you know, best punter in the world expectations we've placed upon him, but I want to see him get back to that. I want to see Blake Lynch be perfect. I'm going to see snaps and holds perfect. I want to break another return. I want to, you know, maybe block a punt. I don't want them to get anywhere close to any of our kickers, so I want to stay perfect on special teams. Grant, what is your next? Take a step forward in the secondary. Um, this is probably a unit that is lacking confidence currently. Um, Kleiman even called them out maybe, if you're reading between the lines a bit during the presser. Um, you know, we just lost our top corner. The game hinged last week. You know, the loss against Texas just kind of hinged on a third and 14 that we gave up in the secondary. May feel a little bit responsible for that. So this is a big game for those safeties and D-backs to get their confidence back, um, bounce back going forward, and uh, I have all the confidence in the world that they're going to. I love it. Uh, final one is get another big play on offense. There have only been a couple true explo- explosive plays all season, and West Virginia is prone to giving those plays up. So get one or two and really build on that Malik Knowles 70-yard touchdown from last week and show that next dimension of the KSA offense and really you know, get another big play because those are really fun. They are fun. We have lacked. We have lacked those plays. You're absolutely right. That was great. Yep, I agree with you. And then uh, now let, let's get time to uh, picking games. Uh, stay tuned to the final pick to hear what we think is going to happen in that K-State West Virginia game. Uh, remember, shout out to BlueChew.com, promo code armchair for your first month free. Chew it and do it. And Manscaped.com, also promo code armchair for 20% off because you want a nice, clean, below-the-belt area before you chew it I'm and do it. I'm telling you guys, chew it and do it. You should at least just do a trial. You get it's All you got to do is pay 5 bucks for shipping. Cancel it afterwards. Just try it. It's insane. Chew it it's like having it. a chew freaking weapon of mass destruction. It's absurd. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> That's getting a little graphic. Uh, speaking of graphic, it's your fall from grace. After going 8-7 and seven in the picks last week, you are at 105-58. and 58. I went 10 and 5. I'm at 110 and 53. The Boneheads went 10 and 5. They're at 108 and 55. Grant, how's it feel to be a once proud game picker now in the cellar? Um, I don't really care because I didn't get a reward for it last year. So I'm just going to go off the deep end, start making some crazy ass picks to try to come back. Okay. Well, I'm coming for you, baby. It's going to get weird. No. No, it's not. Okay. Let's get into I was, it. Dude, all. I was feeling great watching that Baylor game, and then they freaking blew it. I was like, oh, yeah, I made the right choice. I'm going to make a comeback this week. just didn't happen. It did not happen. So let's get into it. All the Big 12 games plus the uh, ESPN College Game Day Game of the Week and random games. I try to hit all five Power 5 conferences and do some fun non-Power 5 games as well. Game number one, number 22, Texas, and this is the AP poll because college football playoff poll was not (laughs) made this. But AP poll, number 22, Texas at Iowa State. That's 230 FS1. 
the Boneheads have wavered. They went with Iowa State, 51% by one vote. One vote, the Boneheads went with Iowa State. I'm going with Texas. Who do you <sighs> This is such a hard this pick, man. Hard, man. When was the last time that Iowa State beat Texas in Ames? It's been a really long time, like 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 Probably 18. Never. I think it's like 18 years or something. <sighs> I'm going with Iowa State. I hate to do it, but I'm going with Iowa State. Yuck. I'll be happy right. if you're wrong. Fuck them. I agree. Um, Saturday, 11 a.m. ESPN. Wait, 2, dude, can I take that back? Hook em. Yes, you Hook can em. take that back. I'm sorry. Phew. I'm sorry that I did that. I feel really bad. I'll call you after this. We can talk about it. <laughs> All right, Saturday, ESPN 2, 11 a.m., TCU at Texas Tech. I don't think this needs much analysis. Um, well, maybe it does. I don't know. I have the Frogs. Boneheads have the Frogs, 75%. Um, still banged-up quarterback, Texas Tech. It's in Lubbock, 11 a.m. Who knows? Are you going with the Frogs or with the I'll Raiders? go with the Frogs. Purple power. <clears throat> there you go. FS1. KU at Oklahoma State, 11 a.m. KU has given Oklahoma State some fits, even during their decade of disgrace. Boneheads have Oklahoma State, 95%. I have them as well. I think Chuba might, might run for 300. That's a good prop bet. Um, over, under, Chuba, Chuba rushing yards. Um, I'm actually betting money on this game, Scott, for the very first time ever. Um, I've got the pokes for sure. Too bad we don't have a bookie sponsor right. anymore. It's just a personal fun bet, so doesn't matter. Uh, that, oh, have fun with that. Um, ACC Network, 6.30 p.m., Louisville at NC State. Only a two-point game. Uh, bonehead, 63% Louisville. I, too, am going Louisville. But NC State, talk about a Sailor logo. That's one of my favorite logos um, in college. It's the best. It's better than ours. I think it's the best one. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's one of the best logos in all of I'm picking NC State, man. Weird things happen um, at NC State at night. I think they get the win. What's the name of their state? Oh, shit. Um, shit, fuck. I don't know, man. Give me... I believe it's Finley Field. I believe. I don't know. Top I of my head, so. I can't fucking remember. I think so. Tweet at me. Let me know if I'm right. Is it Finley Field slash Finley Stadium? It's, question mark. It's, the, it's Finley. Isn't it like Carter Finley? Car, Carter Finley. Yeah. Know. Carter I'm going to look it up. We'll come back to it. I think you're right, right. with Finley. Or, I think it's Carter Finley. Well, we'll find out. Uh, 3 p.m. on Fox. Number seven, the Minnesota Golden Gophers at the number 23 Iowa Hawkeyes. Boneheads going with the Gophers, 58%. I don't like doing this, but I'm going with Iowa uh, at home, Kinnick Stadium. Me too, brother. Uh, okay, there, there this we is, go. This has fucking Iowa written all over it. I mean, come on. Vegas agrees with us. They are the favorites, but the Boneheads, they're a crazy group. Um, Fox Sports 1, Arizona State at Oregon State. Another close game out in the desert. Um, but the Boneheads are very confident in Arizona State, 73%. I'm going with them as well. I think Herm has something going out at Arizona State, so I'm going with them. Are you going with the Sun Devils or the Beavers? I got Herm, baby. I'm I'm happy to see him having a little bit Me of success. Me too. I like their, you know, I, like I think Adidas football is typically pretty shit, but I like their I like their whites. Yeah, their whites with the oversized. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think it's pretty good. 
Yep. Uh, Pac-12 After Dark is back, and it is back with a vengeance. This game is not kicking off until 10 p.m. You know me. I love some Pac-12 After Dark, but you best believe I'm going to be asleep before this game even starts. But it's at 10 p.m., Fox Sports 1, USC at Cal. Boneheads have USC 79%. I have them as well, but their coach, Clay Helton, is a dead man walking. I forgot I got to make up some ground, so I'm going with the Cal Golden Bears. I like it. They're doing some throwbacks this weekend as well. Look them up. Very, very sexy. Um, All right, big game. Probably one of the better ranked versus ranked matchups of the week. Uh, CBS, uh, 230, number five, Georgia at number 13, Auburn. Boneheads, 57%. I'm going with Georgia. Shout out to our main man, CEO of Armchair, Andrew. Uh, I'm going with your Bulldogs, but if you've taught me anything, that means they're going to lose and let me down. Who do you have? Auburn or Eagle, baby. They're going to be I, uh, they're gonna throwing mean, some confetti on Toomer's Corner, if that's what it's called. I can't remember. Yes, it is, but it's toilet paper. Not or that's paper. what I meant. I was literally thinking toilet paper. I'm stupid as shit. Andrew is going to be sad, and I feel bad for him. Um, 1.30, I don't Saturday. <laughs> I don't either. He'll be fine. Number 21, Navy at number 16, Notre Dame. Boneheads rolling with the Catholic boys, 74%. Not me. I have the U.S. Naval Academy. Who do you I have? I have the Navy boys going in there and beating the molesters. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I don't I don't like that, but that's okay. Uh, 11 a.m., ESPNU, <laughs> an American special. You guys know I love the American Conference. Tulane at Temple. Um, I think Temple at home, I think that's going to be a tricky game. But, again, it's a uniform oh, pick. Going uni pick. I love it. Boneheads also have Tulane, 55%. They have such a good helmet. I'll go with Tulane, too. It's and their color scheme. I, I do, too. It. It's great. Um, Friday Night Lights on CBS Sports Net. Louisiana Tech at Marshall. Um, big game in Conference USA uh, at Marshall. I'm going with the Thundering Herd. The Boneheads have Louisiana Tech, 67%. But I think, you know, night game in uh, Huntsville, West Virginia, I think, question mark. Let me know. Uh, but I have Marshall. I'll go with Marshall as well. All right, CBS, 11 a.m., number 11, going to Missouri. Oh, man, the hapless Missouri Tigers. 94% of the boneheads in the second biggest pick of the week uh, going against floor, or going against the Tigers. They have the Gators, Isles of the Gators. I think this is only like a five-point game in Vegas, I think. I don't know. Maybe next year we'll do point spreads, but I like having lots of wins and just picking this year. <laughs> uh, Gators for sure. Okay, perfect. Thursday night on ESPN, my Twitter campaign to get Pat McAfee of Thursday Night Football fame on the show. Doesn't look like it's going to work out, but hey, if every single bonehead who is listening to this right now tweets at Pat McAfee, maybe, maybe we Maybe that get could him. be our free play Friday, so shit. Yeah, maybe that'll guys be free play Friday. Get after it. But he will be busy because he is calling the game uh, at Pitt. It's North Carolina at Pitt, 7 p.m., uh, it's going to be a very empty stadium because the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing a road <laughs> game Thursday night football. So that might be one of the worst attended Power 5 games in the history of Power 5 football. And the Boneheads think that that's the way to go. They have North Carolina, but I'm rolling with the Pitt Panthers. North Carolina. Uh, 
You're going, yeah, and that's gonna be a fun uh, uniform combination. Pitt has this podcast, some of our favorite uniforms. North Carolina has some spicy football uniforms as well, so I think that's going to be a good game outside of the very empty NFL stadium they're going to be playing in. And uh, college football game day, game of the week on ABC, 6.30 p.m., the Sooners at the Bears, number 10 at number Oh, Dude, man. this is a Eat. tough, tough pick. Not for me. I have OU – uh, Boneheads have OU, but man, you would have thought OU would have been a little bit better versus Iowa State. They got a little. They got complacent. Before. They got complacent. I think they're questioning themselves a bit, and I think Baylor's reeling a little bit. Um, they've escaped the last two weeks, so I'm with you. I think the Sooners pull it off. Um, you know, Waco's not a tough place to play. Shitty ass turds. So go Sooners, Boomer. I hope they beat the shit out of them. Fuck Baylor. I agree. I hope they win big. And finally, the game everyone's been waiting for, 2.30 p.m., the scripted Cats, ESPN versus West Virginia. Bonehead's very confident. We have 98% on the Cats. One of our best polls. We are up over 400 votes. So shout-out to the Boneheads. I have the Cats. The score I'm going with is 34-17. Grant, I assume you have the Cats. Give me a score. Cats break 40 again. Um, 42 14, 42 to 14, Cats win. Uh, we get we get that good mojo rolling again. I absolutely love it. All right, that's all we got, uh, folks. Thanks for dealing with another Skype show and me coughing, hacking up. Um, not ideal. We promise we'll get back to an in-person mic show very soon. Um, stay tuned for a to-be-determined free play Friday show. We love you guys. Check out Man- Manscaped and BlueChew.com. Grant, do you have anything? I'm so happy Blue Chew's back. Meet me at the Cathead. From the great Atlantic Ocean to the wide Pacific shore, she climbs the flowery mountains or the hills and by the shore. She's mighty tall and handsome. She's known quite well by all. She's a regular combination on the Wabash Cannonball. Listen to the jingle, the rumble, and the roar. As you glide along the woodland or the hills and by the shore Hear the mighty rush of the engine, hear those lonesome hobos call Traveling through the jungle on the Wabash Cannonball Well, she came down from Birmingham one cold December day as she pulled into the station, you could hear all the people say, She's from Tennessee, she's long and she's tall. She came down from Birmingham on the Wabash Cannonball. Listen to the jingle, the rumble and the roar, As she glides along the woodland or the hills and by the shore. Hear the mighty rush of the engine, hear those lonesome hobos call. Traveling through the jungle on the Wabash Cannonball Here's the Daddy Claxton, may his name forever stand And always be remembered in the courts throughout the land His earthly race is over and the curtains round and fall They'll carry him home to Dixie on the Wabash Cannonball. 
listen to the jingle, the rumble and the roar As she glides along the woodland or the hills and by the shore Hear the mighty rush of the engine, hear those lonesome bubbles call Traveling through the jungle on the Wabash Cannonball Podcast Network.